nowadays, I think social, when I think about, you know, what does social selling mean? There's just another vehicle for doing that. And, but it hasn't changed in the sense that you have to be able to relate to whoever it is you're, you're selling. It can't be all about you and nor has it been in the past. It was not about the salesperson. It was about whoever the salesperson is working with and adding value in that relationship. That's what making friends and influencing people was. And to my mind, social selling today is the same thing. It just has to be done in, in a, uh, a more modern way. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. So Bryn, tell us who's joining us today. I'm so excited. We have Bobby Martin, who's the co-founder of Vertical IQ. Let me just say really quickly before we have him speak, his company is a game changer in the industry. I met Bobby through Jack Hubbard, who is a bank sales trainer, and it was a huge fan of Vertical IQ. And then as we started training more and more banks that are using Vertical IQ, I started actually training, how do we use Vertical IQ in social selling? And I thought, my goodness, what a great opportunity to have Bobby talk to our, our folks. So Bobby, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian, and thank you, Bill. I'm excited to be here. So tell everyone a little bit more about Vertical, vertical IQ, if I can say it right, and, and what you all do for your clients. Sure. Well, Vertical IQ has a passion for industry intelligence, but more importantly, we have a passion for um, providing that intelligence to sales and marketing professionals so that they can use it to relate to their, their customers and use it to relate to a really broad audience. You know, we, we kind of feel like it's just crazy to send the same message to everyone because everyone has their own passion. If you're a dentist, your passion is dentistry. If you're an HVAC contractor, your passion is HVAC contracting. And so we try to distill the information of this industry intelligence for sales and marketing professionals. And when we wake up every day, we say, what would they want to have right at their fingertips to become more effective? And that's vertical IQ in a nutshell. All right. This is going to be great because we love to talk about content, but now we're going to be able to talk about what type of content we can get in whose hands. But first, before we get to that, we are going to ask you the question that every guest in, in, that attends Making Sales Social is asked, Bobby, what does Making Sales Social mean to you? Well, you know, that's a really good question. I, th I think that Making Sales Social, to my mind, is sales has always been social in the sense that, you know, throughout time before we had social media, before we even had the internet, it was about especially sales, I'm not specifically talking about marketing per se, but it was about reaching people and having real conversations, meeting friends and influencing people, if you will. Those were the, I mean, what did this, this gentleman do? He would write uh, thousands of letters, the, the, the car salesman who wrote thousands of letters, he was considered the greatest salesman ever, but he was social. Nowadays, I think social, when I think about 
you know, what does social selling mean? There's just another vehicle for doing that. And, but it hasn't changed in the sense that you have to be able to relate to whoever it is you're, you're selling with. It can't be all about you and nor has it been in the past. So, I mean, I mentioned the book, Making Friends and Influencing People, the great classic, which uh, has never died. It was all about social selling to my mind. But if you look at it, 90% of it was about them. It was not about the salesperson. It was about whoever the salesperson is working with and adding value in that relationship. That's what Making Friends and Influencing People was. And to my mind, Social selling today is the same thing. It just has to be done in, in a, uh, a more modern way. That That's kind of re- what comes to mind. I love that. Our definition of social selling is about building relationships, bringing value and sharing insight. Uh, ultimately, the sale will come when the time is right. <laughs> that, that's our definition, right? And it, so it's building relationships, being of value and bringing insights to the table, right? And so one of the reasons that I love Vertical IQ so much is it makes us, it makes it easier for us to do that. Yeah, yeah, hopefully so. And hopefully social selling is about cultivating curiosity. Um, Human beings are inherently curious uh, people and we really want to, to be enticed to learn. And the only way to do that, obviously, is to relate to people and understand where they're coming from and educate them and let them buy when they want to buy. And that's that's exactly it. There's nothing worse than a pushy salesperson, indeed. I agree. Music, music to our to our ears. So let's talk about the research and the things. Because at the heart of it, I'm, I'm a salesman, right? So I'm the the chief sales officer for Social Sales Link. I still have to get new clients. And when I hear the term research, I think mm-hmm. I got to click through and look at websites, and I got to look at um, SWOT reports and analysis, and I got to do this stuff. How can you help me? How can you make it easy? First of all, why is research important? Sure. Well, you know, it's interesting, the word research, it does sound like work. Um, And actually, we're the ones who do all the work here at Vertical IQ. We do the research per se. What we're supposed to do and what sales professionals are supposed to do as well is they're supposed to have industry intelligence at their fingertips so that they know how to leverage it. They don't have to spend all their time doing research. Instead, they have it where they need it to be. And that's the, the Vertical IQ mantra, if you will. However, let's say you don't have Vertical. Let's just say you're out there and you're like, yeah, how do I relate? How do I understand the customer I'm relating to? Okay, well, there's a number of ways to do that. And one is certainly to open the Wall Street Journal every day. See, I'm a big Wall Street Journal fan. They, they have phenomenal reporting and they, they cover so many different industries. If you go to the Wall Street Journal and you just thumb through it for five minutes, I'm sure if you're a generalist and you have clients in many, many different industries, that you'll immediately find a really good article that relates to them. That could lead to a really cool conversation. And so it is all about personalizing the information and being really savvy at finding it and not just Googling, you know, childcare centers. You'll just drive yourself crazy. So you really want to have your publications that that are your go-to publications. Let's say I'm, you know, I, I'm going to give a real example. So I'm going to talk about one of the banks that uses vertical IQ and how we used it. And then maybe you can share kind of, you don't have vertical IQ or some options. So 
They were bankers that sold to manufacturers that sold to agriculture. They originally, they were finding content just on manufacturing. And while that was fine because they were manufacturers, what they found was when they identified who they were selling to and then started to uh, curate content around their customer's customer is when conversations started to happen. Because that manufacturer knew a lot about manufacturing. What they didn't know was a lot about their client. And so, you know, that was sort of this huge aha moment, not just for this, these, this banker and this bank, but even for us as a company, for us to step back and say, you know, it's the customer's customer that no one is talking about. So what are some of the ways that you would go about obviously asking them who they serve, but in the research world, what are some thoughts that you have of like identifying what you what your your customer cares about? Because it's definitely not they're you know they're not actively looking for our solutions. Yeah. So we have to create this um, need of awareness, right? There's this we have to ident- help them to start thinking about what they should be thinking about. Yeah, yeah, and that's that cultivating that curiosity that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, uh, I think you stated it really well that, that we have to be talking about the things that they care about. Mm-hmm. They, we need to be talking about their problems and the solutions to those problems. So I remember when I was, I was a salesperson in the 90s um, as a banker actually. And my job was to call on businesses all across Southeastern North Carolina. And I'll never forget it going on a particular call with a man named Jim McCall. It was Hugh McCall, who's the CEO's brother, who built, essentially built the Bank of America. But he was calling on a chemical manufacturer. And I'll never forget, he asked the CEO, he said, tell me in that thick Southern accent, I'll never forget his, he goes, uh, hey, Frank, the guy's name is Frank, specialty chemical company. He goes, can you give me the top 10 companies you're not doing business with that you want to do business with? And he said, well, yes. And he wrote down all these company names of all the companies that he wanted to do business with. And then Jim McCall went back and tried to figure out how to help this person get in the door, this Frank chemical CEO in the door with all these companies. That's an extreme example of what I'm talking about. But what he was trying to do in a short amount of time is solve his problems, help him with his problems. Now, one of the things you just pointed out, what are customers, many, many businesses' biggest problem? Getting more customers, being more savvy at that. So when you you just brought up a really good point, if you have a manufacturer that sells to, that sells to agricultural companies and you're providing them insight about their customers to make their customers more successful, and to relate to their customers, that's going to pique their curiosity. It's going to pique their interest. They're way more likely to engage with you, especially if on there you're asking them questions. It's about something they care about. Perhaps you're offering them additional information. If you like what you're reading here, for example, on LinkedIn, then maybe you'll like to check out our white paper on agriculture, or maybe you'll like to check out some other company's white paper on that. That's how you can be incredibly engaging on social to my mind. So I think you hit the nail on the head there, Brad. I think that's a really brilliant idea. And what it is, is again, just to reiterate, you came up with the the important thought that you have to be talking about the things they care about. 
And then you point it out as an example of that. What they care about is getting more customers. How can you help them with that? Very powerful. Easily duplicatable and very personal to them. Mm -hmm. um, but you said something that will probably kind of shift a trajectory for us because Bill and I just went, right? So you now have this list of 10 companies. Yeah. Now, what Frank, 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 who was your guy? Well, the, the calling officer was Jim McCall and Frank Hamilton Jim. was our so customer. Jim now would have to go back and look through his whole Rolodex and try to figure out who knows. We can hop on LinkedIn, type in that company name and identify who do we know inside of these companies. In under 10 minutes, we could have three or four introductions into that client. Yeah, and that story is totally ad lib. But I can tell you that Jim McCall, the first thing he did is this was back in the 90s when we barely had flip phones with those little antennas. He was calling his secretary and they literally had secretaries at this time and asking her to find out those customers, whether they were customers of our bank or not. And it took hours of, you know, all this right? stuff. But now with, with LinkedIn, you can look that up in five seconds. How powerful is that? I mean. It's, it's a really good best practice that you brought up there. I remember hearing Keenan talk not too long ago, and, and I'm thinking along the lines of the ask offer ratio. When you're able to do this, your offer is so much better than, than any time you've asked for them. And what he was talking about is the difference between relationship and credibility. If you have a relationship with a customer, maybe they'll go out to lunch with you, maybe they'll go golfing with you. But if you have credibility with a customer, you're the one they call at two o'clock in the morning when when that problem comes up and they, because they know that you can solve it. And what you're talking about here, Bobby, is, is developing that relationship to the point where you have that credibility. And so when we're going in on sales calls, we're not thinking about, okay, how can I get them to buy, right? Not even thinking about that, but thinking about, okay, how am I going to find out what they need and how can I help them get that? I love what Scott Schilling says. We come in with high intention, but low attachment. Sure. So just, just really, really good stuff. I'm kind of like speechless. This doesn't happen often because my mind is like, yeah, a lot of good stuff of, of, of things that, that I, I now, I now want to try. Um, so, so let's, let's switch gears a little bit and, and talk about content and talk about how you're seeing your, your clients use this research that you're providing in terms of, of engaging content and content that, that provides that kind of credibility? Well, sure. Um, well, when you're speaking about content, mainly we're talking about uh, content about industries. And it's, it's called, we, I use the term industry very loosely because it's really, it's really about the what to talk about because a lot of sales tools are the, the who, like, who am I supposed to call on? Who am I supposed to go engage with? But then when you have that, that's the easy part. The key is what, what to talk about. And so that's really what we're talking about. I use the term industry loosely because really what this is, is information about particular types of businesses. Like that's just the definition of an industry. Like this is really information about what people care about that are in a particular type of business like whether it's uh, like I mentioned HVAC company, HVAC companies or lumber companies, whatever it is. But the way we distill and organize the content, we try to make it extremely ready. So one of our phrases is always be ready. And uh, so an example with that would be 
What's been, what are the main things going on, for example, with lumber? Let's use that as an example, one of the 500 examples I could bring. We have a client in lumber. Mm -hmm, we do. Right. There you go. What are the main things that have been happening with lumber companies? You know, what are, for example, the pulp prices have fallen so much. And so one of the things we like to do is bring this content out in bite-sized chunks to make it really useful. And then send it in the form of an email and then take that content in a matter of seconds and use it on something like LinkedIn or some other medium. But then more importantly than that, take that chunk of information of say pulp prices falling dramatically over the last couple of months and then putting the salesperson taking another minute or two to put their own spin on it. Okay. So what they're doing is they're taking that information, taking that knowledge and then adding value to it so that they can then very quickly and immediately relate to whoever they're talking to in the lumber business directly on LinkedIn, for example. And of course, that's just one example. Mm-hmm. There are dozens of examples of being able to do that. Another, I'll give you one more example, then I'll stop and let y'all speak as well, is uh, curating articles, media articles. They're always really important articles coming out about a particular industry. And so why not have those content, that have those articles right at your fingertips to leverage in a conversation? And the, just a very basic way to phrase it, hey, I was reading this morning this article, which is true, because you want to read it before you send it in a matter of a minute or two. Um, and I thought about you because it reminded me of our last conversation, or it reminded me of the fact that your business, da, da, da. And that reminded me of the fact that I'd love to have a conversation with you about it sometime because I have another customer who has solved this problem. Something like that um, really is engaging. So what Vertical IQ does is pull and curate those articles by hand as an example. Um, But those are just two examples I could go on and on. So I love, love that. So, I mean, you are speaking our heart language. I mean, really, it's, it's awesome. Uh, one of the things uh, that we ran a, a little study, um, which was really fun and very enlightening. And um, some of this is, you know, you can easily go into your existing connections and take inventory and say, how many people am I connected to in lumber now that I have this great article and I read it? So how many people can I get this in front of? So traditionally, we would say we have 18 people. We're going to semi-customize this message, but send it to 18 people. Very similar, came across this article, thought of you. Here are some of the takeaways. Hope you enjoy it. We send the link and it goes, and that's how we've always done it. Um, Well, someone uh, in our industry kind of pushed back on us about a year, a little less than a year ago, Andy Foote, and said, that's spam. (laughs) We went, I don't think so. We're sending value. So we did a study and this is what we did. And it was, it blew us away. So we did this with a hundred people. We sent the content and 19 of them clicked through. Not bad. Then we sent a a message that said, Bobby just came across uh, some incredible information on how banks are now entering the social selling world. I know that this is a big vertical for you and thought you'd really enjoy this. Some of the takeaways I had were A, B, and C. Let me know if you're interested. I'd be happy to send you a link. Don't send the link. Our numbers are incredible. 
69% of the people said, sure, happy to have the link and 58 clicked through rather wow. other than 19. So I wanted to get your take on why you think that is like, that is how we're doing it now. Yeah. But what you know, we don't know, I have my suspicions on why, but as someone who is brilliant in this world, why do you think that asking permission to give the link was so much more powerful? Yeah, I mean, what a what an incredible study. I, I uh, and I'm not surprised. I think part of it is and thinking through it very quickly, but I, I would say a big part of it is it's cultivating that curiosity that we were talking about. That's part of it. They're like, I'm curious. Also, you're offering to them something for free that's probably valuable to them. It doesn't take them a lot of time or money. And so therefore, they're very willing and able to want to check it out. Um, because people, people really do want to learn, learn, learn. That's what they yeah. want to do is learn. Yeah, we do. Um, I mean, I'm, here at Vertical IQ, I buy a lot of stuff. Like I'm a buyer. I, I feel like I spend more time buying than I do selling. And so I, I want to learn what, what the best solution is. I want, I want to find the, the right tools that solve the problems I want to solve. And so I'm always reading and educating myself about these particular things. And I think that's probably why you got the 69% response rate on that great, that great offer. Yeah. If that's my opinion. I, I, we're blown away. I think I, I, there's a small, I agree with you. I think there's one other small piece of yeah. FOMO, fear of missing out. If yeah. you have the link, I can come back anytime. But right now, I don't have that link. So I don't have the option. Totally. I, I passionately agree. I, I thought there was a little. But that, that's part of the curiosity. We've piqued more curiosity than if we shared it. So the big thing, too, is, uh, excuse me for interrupting, but, but I just want to make sure I point this out, is that keep in mind, if you're a sales professional, and that's who's probably listening to the show right now, mm -hmm. you, you have to get out there and hustle. And that's why... Salespeople make a lot of money because it's very difficult and you cannot just sit on the sidelines and hope people come to you. You have to go to them. So if you have to go to them, why send them something that's not of value to them? Why send them only information about yourself? For example, I get emails all day long from private equity companies who want to invest in vertical IQ, not because we're special, just because that's what they do. It's always the same thing. They go straight to private equity. They're like, oh, I don't know if your company's, I'd love to have a call. That's what they want pitch, to do. Pitch, 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 pitch. We help companies just they like yours. Time. And I'm like, why are they not emailing me something of value? Why is it always general? And I can tell that, that, that it's not real because they say, we've been looking, we've been studying your company, Vertical IQ, for some, but there's nothing about us other than our name. And so I see right through it, right? I see right through it. So do I. And what you're suggesting brilliantly is that you take your time, you take a little more time instead of sending out thousands of random emails, hoping somebody responds. Instead, you send out much less. They're really thoughtful and helpful and specific to them. I love it. I feel like you're in our brains right yeah. now because we say all the time, slow down your outreach to speed yeah. up your outcome. Research and, and choosing the right content, not so much the content that you want to share, but the content that your, that your prospective clients and your clients want to consume that help them, them solve their problems is really the key to, to doing it. Well, um, I like to learn too. And I learned, I took some notes 
This is such a great episode. Uh, we could go on and on, but unfortunately we are running out of time. So Bobby, thank you so much. Really quick, just tell the folks uh, out there about Unsolved Mysteries of Losing a Sale. What's that about? Oh, oh yeah, so Vertical IQ, we also have this inherent curiosity and we have a free white paper that the team has worked incredibly hard on. They did a fabulous job on it. And if you go to our website, verticaliq.com, forward slash mystery, then you will see all about this, but hopefully you'll find it very valuable to you. It's wonderful. Because a lot of these things we're talking about, I think they did a much a much better job than I have done conveying how to go about that. And so if you'd li like to check it out, please do a verticaliq.com forward slash mystery. Um, but thank you for having me. Um, oh my gosh. And if there's, I've, first of all, I, I, it is a great resource. You were amazing. So if that's better than this, like, <laughs> like this was absolutely, I think, I mean, I knew you were awesome, but I mean, I, I'm so excited. I'm speechless now. <laughs> well, it was, we couldn't be more thrilled. Not, not good when both hosts are, are are speechless, but we'll put a link to that uh, to that resource in the in the resources for this show. So if you click on the resource tab, you can see that. Uh, Bobby, so much thank you so much for for joining us, and to all of you, thanks for watching us here at Making Sales Social. Bye bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.